how do you find a long-term relationship that really lasts long-term? We discuss this and more on this special episode of The Overthinkers with special guest, Mrs. Sally Clarkson. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, optimistic pessimist, and with me as always is my courageously committed co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, married person who is <laughs> who has a lot of opinions on how to have a long-lasting marriage having only been married a couple of years yes so. exactly i was gonna say as any newly married person does <laughs> i got a lot of tips for you guys <laughs> all right and with us today who has had an, a much longer marriage is a very special returning guest she is a best-selling author beloved speaker and podcast host she has authored or co-authored nearly 30 books including awaken wonder help i'm drowning different which she co-authored with our very own Nathan Clarkson, Girls Club, which she co-authored with a guest of her show, Joy and Sarah Clarkson, and her latest book, Giving Your Words, which she co-authored with Mr. Clay Clarkson. She is also the host of the phenomenally successful At Home with Sally Clarkson podcast. And finally, she deserves the praise for bringing my co-host Nathan Clarkson into the world or blame, depending on your perspective. Um, <laughs> for me, it depends on the day. Uh, she, she is America's Christian mom. She is the stunning, the sensational, the sage, Mrs. Sally Clarkson. Mrs. Clarkson, oh, welcome back to the show. What an introduction. Now I'm going to really have to say something very important. <laughs> exactly. It's um, kind of your brand. Yeah, yeah. I have no doubt that you're going to be able to do that. Um, uh, well, anyway, we're very excited to have this discussion with uh, Mrs. Sally Clarkson on how to make a relationship last. I'm very excited. Um, as you have more experience than either me or Nathan on the subject, but let's be clear, especially me. Um, but first, <laughs> Nathan, if anyone gets a lot out of this show and wants to engage more with our content and join a community of other people who have fun thinking deeply, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send, send us all of their love and hate mail. And they can also find out about upcoming events like the Oscars viewing party happening in March right here or right there in New York City. Uh, we want to see you there. There's limited RSVPs, so make sure to check that out. You can also go to the online Facebook group. It's a private group on Facebook called The Overthinkers where you can join 10,000 plus overthinkers like yourself who are having fun, uh, getting to discussions, posting articles, and lots of memes. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing with a friend. Awesome. Ready to get started? Let's ready, do it. Ready. Awesome. Okay. I think most people would feel safe saying that pessimism of committed long-term romantic relationships is at an all-time high. According to the U.S. Census Bureau and the Independent UK, marriage rates in America and UK are at an all-time low, with each generation having fewer people married than the generation before. Clarissa Sawyer, lecturer in Natural Applied Sciences, argued in the Bentley University piece, Why Millennials Refuse to Get Married, that a big reason that younger generations refuse to get married is the fear of divorce. And that makes sense. Everybody's heard the 50% of marriages end in divorce statistic. Reddit, Tumblr threads, and TikTok stories abound with stories of cheating partners and growing movements like the self-partnered or the MGTOW, which stands for men going their own way. Movements show that many people are simply giving up on finding long-term relationships. Even though, according to the Atlantic piece, the happiness recession, lack of long-term romantic relationships accounts for a huge proportion of the happiness decline in adults in the past few decades. But after hundreds of self-help books, sermons, Cosmo magazines, YouTube gurus have tried to explain how to keep the man or woman of your dreams... Uh, breakups rates have not seemed to alleviate, leading many to feel like it is inevitable. So, Mrs. Sally Clarkson, 
You've been married to the same person for many, many years, and you've spoken to many people through your work who've been having trouble in their relationships. What have you found were the biggest challenges you and other people seem to face in maintaining long-lasting, happy relationships? And how have you uh, found the best ways to overcome those challenges have been? Well, that's quite a question, but um, Clay and I have been married for 41 years, almost 42. It could wow. even be 42 years. I've kind of forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Once you 40, it's so glorious and they're so long that um, anyway, I, I, I look back and I realized that the most downloads, the most hits, the most conversation we have on almost anything we ever share is when I share about marriage. And I think that a lot of people, uh, I, I've noticed that a lot of people online will say on their anniversary, I am married to the most glorious, perfect, wonderful, handsome, <laughs> spiritual man I've ever met in my whole life. And there are so many things that put pressure on us hmm. uh, as women that, that we think, well, gosh, my husband doesn't pick up his socks or, you know, he squeezes the toothpaste the wrong way, or I haven't been out on a date in I don't know how long. And, and um, anyway, hmm. Oftentimes, um, just the disappointment or the difficulty or the stages that we go through in marriage is something that a lot of people don't feel free to share. But as believers, mm -hmm. they think um, they are so glad when somebody actually talks about it because it's a day in, day out for many years in a row relationship. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of women, um, I, I look at social media, I'm just going to go on and on here for a moment, but- Do it. Think that that's why we have you on. Media, yeah, there you go. <laughs> social media, movies, television—they're um, so inappropriate in the ways that they describe marriage. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, so many people think, "Oh, I've got to marry somebody beautiful or handsome, or you know, with, that has pecs or, or whatever." Um, I need to marry somebody who meets my needs. I need to marry somebody who looks like, you know, a, a model or a sports figure or whatever. And um, actually, truly, none of those things were in the mind of God when he created marriage at the beginning of time. Um, he said, uh, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable, corresponding to, complimenting him, mm -hmm. because I think that all of us need, um, if possible, a partner with whom to share life. The happinesses, the burdens, the uh, the relationship, the friendship, the um, the having of children and building a legacy of love and beauty and goodness and friendship in your marriage. And so I think that as I look at marriages today, I think that most people get married for the wrong reason or stay unmarried for the wrong reason. And I think that all of us were built to have, as I look back in the 41 years Thank the Lord, I have had a partner to help me make it through all the times of the moves, the um, the hospitalizations, the um, the meals, the dishes that needed to be washed, the doctors that needed to be called. Marriage, a good marriage, is about building a long term partnership, friendship that grows over many, many, many years and many, many seasons. Hmm. Mom, that's really that's really good. I think what I hear you saying a little bit is that you're, you're speaking to the people out here who are looking towards marriage. Mm -hmm. You're starting even before um, people are getting yeah. married. And like you said, in culture, what we see is a lot of what people are um, walking into marriage with 
are these expectations mm-hmm. that are built and formed by a lot of popular media and culture Very and movies. expectations. Yeah, sexual, hormonal, you know. <laughs> and it's these, it's even, yeah, even, uh, these kind of fantasies, right, mm-hmm. about what a, um, a husband or wife should look like. And very often these fantasies are built on very um, shallow surface level things mm-hmm. when in your experience and um, your belief is that mer- those things won't last. It, listen, it's great if you have a handsome or a beautiful um, a spouse, which I do. But at the end of the day, humble what brag. you're saying yeah. is that, yeah, humble brag. <laughs> but what you're saying is that at the end of the day, the things that make a marriage, not just last, but make a marriage good, make a marriage beneficial to you even are much deeper. And those are the things to be looking for in a spouse. And so a lot of times I imagine when people do get married, they are still um, getting married with the idea of this fantasy person in their head that is supposed to look like maybe even Mr. Darcy, right? They're supposed to be rich, handsome, um, uh, always do the right thing, always pick up his socks. And And they're supposed to I've never been happy before, but they're going to make me happy. Yeah. See, th- and that's mm-hmm. another thing too, that mm-hmm. they yeah. are going to complete and fulfill all the things um, that are, are broken or hurt in you. And if they don't, you're going to build up resentment towards them for not doing that, for not fixing the things in you and, and meeting every single need. And so I will come in and share a little bit of my experience as a newly married person, because you have these 40 plus years of experience of being um, married and you know what it takes to make a marriage last. But I have been married for just a couple years now. And so I can say from the very beginning that yes, that you walk into marriage with um, a picture in your head. And this picture is built and painted by so much of media and culture mm-hmm. um, of what it should look like. And what I have found is we got married literally right before the pandemic. We still haven't been on our honeymoon. We got married in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, right as we're about to go on the honeymoon, the pandemic hit. And so we had to cancel it. And so it was it was like throwing us into the, um, uh, what are they, into the fire, into oh, the yeah. test pits. <laughs> so there was, <laughs> it was, all right, let's see, let's see how this goes. And um, what I have found now a few years in, are we, are we three years in, Kelia? Yeah, we're three years in. <laughs> so we're three years in. Yeah. I had to look over to my wife to make sure I'm already starting that. He's already disappointing her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we had to just like, when we're sitting, listen, we have a teeny little apartment in New York City. Oh, and, it's so small. And it's so, it, I can't stress how small this is. And all of a sudden we are stuck inside. Every, we can't go to restaurants, can't go on dates. And so all of a sudden we had to face and start wondering what marriage is past all these uh, fantasies about what it should be, the dates and the romantic traveling and the, what. so it's okay, we're just sitting here in our pajamas every single day for two years at a time. (laughs) What is this gonna look like? And what we have found, um, and that I'm so happy about, is ultimately what got us through, what encouraged us in that difficult time, what helped us was each other's presence, but it was, not the things that I had seen in movies. It wasn't the, it, you know, the the um, cinema cinema like uh, uh, light falling across our faces as we kiss in the rain. Your perfect faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no blemish and no wrinkle in your shirt. Exactly. What it was was having someone to laugh with. What it was was having someone who would go get the groceries when I had to do something else. What it was was having someone when I was having a really difficult mental time with my OCD or whatever to work through that with me. What it was was having a partner all the way through each of those moments. Of course, you want to try to find those times when you know the beautiful cinematic light falls across your faces. Um, and that, that's, those are wonderful, but that's 1% of the time, 
right? Mm -hmm. That is the 99% of the time is, do you have a partner with whom you can talk and dream and connect and support each other? So that, that is what I have found just in my first three years has changed my perspective on what marriage is. And I'm so glad my perspective has been changed mm -hmm. uh, towards that because it's so much more real and it's so much more beautiful and so much more actually effective and long lasting in my life. But Joseph, as a single man, what are your <laughs> thoughts as you look towards marriage and hearing these things? Well, I, I think this this is very fascinating because what I'm hearing both of you say is that there's there's a different lists of you know qualities you can have in a partner and having a, a you know a married uh, a spouse and you know there's a list of things that are exciting you know and 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 fun and very you know and that and there's emphasized in Hollywood movies like you know person being attractive person having you know a particular kind of you know fun personality or whatever things like that and those are fun things but if you're asking okay what things are going to make a relationship last those are not things that actually make a relationship last there's a whole bunch or, of other or, or make them satisfying or make them satisfying yeah. okay so, so like you have so what people are doing what's one of the things you're saying is that um is making it so people aren't having lasting relationships is they're actually not filtering for the kind of traits in a partner that will actually make a relationship last. They're picking the wrong partners for the wrong with the wrong traits. They're, you know, that you don't have again the compatibility of dreams and values and then also the desire to partner together in the boring everyday things. Those are the things if you're trying to find a lasting relationship, you have to select for and people are selecting for those other things. I think that that's really um I think that that's really interesting. That's again, you know, in my, you know, in my own periods the 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 relationships that we're actually able to like spent have a long time on were the ones that you know, again, I remember going like on my my first dates with with a girl. It was somebody just sort of met randomly, and the we went on three dates, and I was like, literally, could not talk about anything together. Mm. And, and 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 we kept like trying to make it work, and because like there were other things we liked about each other, but it was like it was it was third date. It's like we just don't have anything we can talk about. This is not gonna yeah. work. Um, yeah. and 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 I think one of the you know longest relationships I had. One of the things we had that was really good was we were able to like work through problems together. We had a, a lot of problems, but we also <laughs> kind of learned how to work through them fairly quickly together. And um, so I can really see that being a value. So I guess what, if people are that way, one thing that I questions I would have is would it list some of those things? People are saying, okay, I need to select for traits that are going to make um, somebody able to uh, make sure this is a person that I can actually um, bend a long relationship with what are some of those uh, traits that you would say are important? No, I think that that's a good question. However, I think sometimes uh, <laughs> I'm going to answer a different question, which is totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really feel like sometimes as singles, as I look back on my own life, mm -hmm. you make lists mm. of, of impossible traits, and I, I think let's whoa, let's slow down and go back to. Why did God create marriage to begin with? Because if you don't cooperate mm. with the original design, then you're not really going to have the satisfaction of it. And I think mm. that the real satisfaction of marriage comes over decades. You you are building a story, a legacy. Mm. You're building meaning. You're building um, experience through wisdom. You, you're just a whippersnapper when you first get married. You don't know what's going on. I'm still and, a whippersnapper. Um, you know, your hormones... <laughs> Your hormones are are sometimes burgeoning too high because they fool you into thinking that somebody might make a good partner. But as I look at Genesis, I'm going to go back to it again. 
God said, um, you know, fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, bring order to the chaos that's out here. Mm -hmm. And he said, I will make a helper suitable for you. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply, you know, have children. And so I think that long term, as I look at the the value of clays in my relationship, which I couldn't necessarily have known at the beginning, but um, I, I, I looked at him, obviously he was a believer and uh, we had these famous discussions and, and, and um, talks and, and we were friends and had a lot of fun together, but I look back and the best thing that came out of our marriage was we uh, got to subdue the earth together in the sense of, mm. We built a ministry together. Um, I, I would write a book. He would write a book. We would decide on conferences. We thought about how to help people. The I think that sometimes people undervalue the importance of work, the importance of being able to accomplish things in a relationship with someone that you couldn't do on your own. And um, so we we um, began to kind of say, in the, in, you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit, how can we dream or what can we do? to make our mark in the world, to bring order out of chaos, to fulfill our own skills, our own lives. And I've really seen this in your life, Nathan. Um, you went into marriage thinking, or where you are right now, I would say, is um, I I want to, a, a picture of marriage is that it is a picture of God's relationship with us. God um, makes a commitment to us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He is committed to our well-being or for our whole lives. He lays down his life for us. And so we don't even know what that means when we first get married, but we have God as a picture of what marriage is. It's sacred. It's supposed to be for forever because it is the place where we become more like Christ. God, mm-hmm. the very beginning of our lives says, I'm going to sanctify you. I'm going to carve the nature of Christ into mm-hmm. your life. And a lot of it's going to come through marriage when you learn to give up your rights, your expectations. And um, I'll give you an example. Um, I recently had a um, a hip replacement, a hip surgery, and it was quite extensive. And I couldn't bend. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't go to the store. Clay bent down on the ground every morning and he put my socks on so that my feet could be warm. Um, every morning, because he knew this was important to me, he brought me a cup of tea. I have to tell you, I didn't look at him and go, mm, is he the most handsome man in the world? Um, does he have the right clothes on? No. I thought, can't believe that he is taking care of me, serving me, you know, putting my socks on, making me tea, making me all my meals, doing all the things because I can't do a thing. Mm-hmm. But as I looked at that example, that that was just a picture of many, many ways that we have learned we had to learn to be unselfish. We had to learn to give up our rights. Through that, um, Clay was with me through miscarriages, car accidents, um, financial difficulties, uh, a million moves, um, almost 22 moves. Uh, we had to take our children to the hospital, get up in the middle of the night, wash dishes, go grocery shopping. And there's most of marriage is about how to come up with a plan to partner together through life to bring order out of the chaos to realize that we each have a part to play and there's this satisfaction when i look back now that we started out we we um 
We had four children in spite of three other miscarriages. We, um, we, we got to disciple and educate them. We got to build a ministry. We got to um, work at conferences that we dreamed of together. And we built this beautiful, sustaining life inside of our relationship that was totally separate from the rest of the world. In other words, we got mm. to build a destiny, a legacy, a message. Um, we have now had children, grandchildren. We have had um, many uh, seasons of marriage that I look back and I go, wow, he was with me through every disaster, through every move, through every um, craziness of our children that we had to learn to understand together. We have such a heritage. We have made it through hopefully three-fourths of our story. Hopefully we still have a fourth left at least. <laughs> oh, you better. <laughs> no, that, that's that's wonderful. And I think what I hear you saying uh, a, a little bit um, is you can create all the lists you want. It needs to have this much money, needs to be this tall, needs to be this handsome slash pretty, needs to um, have this kind of social standing. Um, or needs to like this kind of movie. Of yeah. obviously, of course, we you know uh, I called I think out. Yes, <laughs> I think you would agree that you know having things in common and, and having that click is important. But what I hear you saying is the most important thing, even more important than any kind of list we can make, is having someone who is equally as willing to enter it with you. Yeah, so you need some, all back. Mm -hmm. It's it's a mutual um, acceptance of a journey you're going to take together and that that ultimately make the list sure but at the top of that list that the hierarchy of importance at the top of that list is you need to find someone who is willing to walk on that road with you for the long right. haul because it's going to be a long road and it's going to be filled with a lot of difficult hard things so mm -hmm. the most important thing isn't maybe all the things that movies have taught us, even sometimes that the church has taught us, oh, you know, like the same books, do that, live in the same kind of uh, background, whatever it might be. Um, but the most important thing is, do you find someone who's willing to look towards the future with you? Again, going back to that C.S. Lewis quote that said, the best friendships are made, not just standing and looking at each other. And I'm going to get this quote wrong as paraphrasing. <laughs> but when you are running towards something and you look over and you see someone and they're running towards it, too, and you say, let's run together. So finding someone who's willing to run in the same direction for a long period of time with you and who is willing to engage and commit to that engagement over a long period of time. It sounds like it is the most important thing past any maybe list we could make. Well, and understanding that it's our service of worship to God. God said marriage was holy. He said, uh, this is sacred. Uh, and he said, I, I want to uh, conform you to the image of Christ as you learn how to serve one another. But one of my favorite marriage verses is um, honor one another. Submit mm -hmm. one to another. It's it's all about growing up. It's all about, um, as you said, Nathan. You know, putting the goal. It is marriage is an eternal act of worship, mm -hmm. and it's a picture of the fact that God said He would never leave us or forsake us, and and we are supposed to stay um, in the story to try to make it a better story. In a fallen world, there are going to be many heartbreaks. There are going to be many people not willing to stay. But one of the best things Clay and I did. I remember this woman said to me one time, um, she said, uh, it was a young professor's wife and I had just gotten married and I had invited these two professor's wives over to my house because I was an old student there with Clay. And she said, you know, uh, sometimes I look at my husband and I think, I don't even like him. Why did I marry him? What in the world is going on? <laughs> and um, she said, but then I learned that if I just wait long enough, pretty soon I'll go, he really is such a great guy. You know, I really do like this guy. 
in, in the same Keely, way. if you ever feel that, just wait, all right? <laughs> in the same way, you know, I think God gave us these metaphors, these pictures, seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall. You know, sometimes you're at the blooming best, you know, wonderful place in your mm-hmm. marriage. And sometimes seasonal. You're, seasonal, you're in this winter, you're growing your roots deep. That's when you're growing unselfish. That's when you're growing strong. That's when you're le- learning humility. I made a mistake, honey. I'm sorry. And if you don't bear with the story through all of the seasons, and if you don't strain towards godliness and strain towards growing up and putting away some of the immature, stupid things that you've held in your heart all these years, then you're never... <laughs> well, I haven't held any of those. <laughs> yeah, I feel... Man, I did not invite you on to be called out in this manner. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, if you don't say, okay, this is a long distance run and I want to finish the course... And that will require me developing muscle, um, mental muscle, spiritual muscle, emotional muscle. And I am going to be steadfast. And then all of a sudden you realize you're growing, you're learning, you're becoming more like Christ. And also now you have a testimony to show your kids, you know, kids, relationships aren't going to be easy, but you can see that daddy and I are learning to work through and we're making peace. If you can learn to be a peacemaker, you'll have better relationships. It becomes a picture of um, the whole sanctifying life. I, I mean, and it's, if you, if you keep going, you look back and you go, I can't believe what we've been through and we've made it. And we've gone through so many crises and so many wonderful celebrations. Hmm. What a legacy we got to live. And I wasn't even aware of it at the moment. Sometimes don't look at the moment, look at the long-term story yeah. that you're going to yeah. tell by faithfulness. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, one of the things I, it reminds me of, you know, the, what Jesus admonition. And of course, I'm always great at quoting verses, but never where they come from. So you guys can figure that out on your own. Google <laughs> it. Like the page, but exactly. not where it came from. Yes. Exactly. But, but where um, Jesus said, you know, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then these things right. should be added to you because the meaning of our lives is, you know, to worship God and to build the kingdom of God. You know, we talk about the kingdom of God and and what that means on our podcast. We have a whole episode on that about that we're supposed to do work to, like you said, subdue the world, make it a place um, that is to the glory of God and and for loving other people. And the thing is, like Hollywood movies, because they came started out at a time when you weren't making art about God anymore, they kept having to find a new object of worship you know, in their stories. Mm. And so what you got with romances where it was, okay, the, the source of worship, the source of satisfaction is going to be the romance. The mission is going to be the romance rather than uh. the, the relationship being there as a co-partner to help you in your mission, which was building the kingdom of God. And so right. I'm thinking that if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, and this makes a lot of sense to me, is that we are looking for a partner is a co-partner literally to help worship God and build the kingdom of God together, yeah. not the person who's going to be the mission yourself. Mm-hmm. And so start rethinking that way. And that's can be an actual relationship that has potential to last. Yeah. yeah and I, go ahead, I just real quick was going to say, also, it sounds like what you're saying, mom is it's, it's a little bit of a perspective switch yes. where with the old Hollywood, not the old Hollywood, new Hollywood movies that kind of affect all of our uh, perspectives on culture. The perspective shift is one from Right now, most of culture enters marriage, and what can I get out of this? Yeah, what yeah. is this going to give me? And th- that was, I think, to your point about the list. Is it's incomplete the list areas in my life. Yeah, know? it's will this make me happy? Will this make me feel desired? Will this make me feel uh, good and strong and whole? And those are good things if you get those. I'm not saying those are bad, but really, the point of marriage is a whole different thing. You're entering it to one 
I will say this very uh, uh, honestly about my own marriage. I have become better. Yeah, it, it wasn't so. By so serving someone, you become better. Exactly. What? Well, and I thought I was getting. You know, you can have these young idealist things. I'm going to get into marriage because it's going to make me happy or fulfilled, or I'll have some pretty. I getting to marriage, I realized, oh, this is a a work that's going to make me better being with someone and vice versa. It, uh, she would say, uh, my wife would say the exact same thing that made her better. So this is, is a, a change of perspective that marriage is not this thing that is just going to give you what you want. It's not an app. You know, we live in a culture of apps where you can order everything you want and you'll it, instant gratification. Customized to your preferences. Exactly. Right, a customizable right. instant gratification. That's not marriage. It's a long-term thing that will make both of you better. And like Joseph pointed out is, is about creating and subduing the earth and, and building the kingdom of God, making the world more beautiful and uh, in the way that God created it. Before we wrap up, Mom, I wanted to ask you kind of just a, a practical question, which is if there are people out there who are married, maybe they're in my stage of marriage uh, a couple years in or a year in, maybe they're, they're 20 years in or 10 years in, but they are going through the ringer. You know, we, we've uh, the, all the statistics right now are pointing to that marriages across the board are in trouble, P particularly it's a, it's a difficult financial time, which creates, a, creates yep. stress between spouses. It's been really tough for the past uh, two or three years in the pandemic. We've just been inside with each other and stress. Um, aside from just all the other stresses of life, if they're really going through it right now, regardless of their place in marriage, what would you like to say to them practically to help them have that long-term perspective you're talking about? What can they do right now when their husband leaves the socks on the ground, when their wife you know, says something that really annoys them? What would you tell people right now to, uh, that would encourage a long-term perspective like you've talked about and maybe actually help them have that long-term relationship, even if they're on the cusp of of the marriage falling apart. What would you say to those those people right now? Well, that's a very difficult question. We need about four more times. Uh, four more <laughs> we'll have you back on part yeah. one. Yeah, uh, But I'm going to give a, a, a whole different answer than you would have thought I would have said. I was looking at an <laughs> sure. article recently and um, it said that one of the reasons that marriages fail is that when you are dating someone, you're trying to win the person. And so you're doing a lot of fun things. You're going out and going out to dinner. You're, you're, you're just having fun. You're not worrying about finances, um, miscarriages, cancer, car wrecks. And um, it said that one of the easiest ways that marriages have been able to turn around and go into a better direction, and you do this so well, Nathan, you and Kelia go out on adventure days once a week, we but it said, you need to have time in your life when you're not talking about your problems, mm. when you're going out and just in relaxing and having fun and, and giving yourself the permission to enjoy life, to uh, to forget everything for a while, but to make the reason that you fell in love to begin with, which is usually a, a friendship, often a sex, you know, you've got to I got to look for somebody who's a good friend, no matter what, you know, the, mm -hmm. the friendship, the companionship and the person who's willing to, to grow. Um, go out and have fun with that person, honor them, look them in the eyes and say, you're still the cutest thing in the world. Who cares that after 41 years, we have a few more wrinkles and a little bit. Less <laughs> <muscle>. <laughs> um, but it's, it's those things, verbalizing love, appreciating one another, having fun, just having pleasure. And, um, and I, I think that sometimes uh, we, we forget that we're constantly draining, 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 mm. because needs of home, marriage, bills, work, and so on and so forth. But we have to fill up 
we have to do some things to fill up so that we'll have energy and time and fun. And and who cares about the toothpaste if you brought me some mm. rope and if mm. we went out and had invest in each other? And, yeah. yeah. In other words, I'm willing to forgive a lot if somebody is kind to me, thoughtful to me, and mm. fun. You know, there's uh, a study that they did about long-term marriages. I think it's a long, longitudinal study that followed a lot of couples and um, and their success of staying together over many years as opposed to short years. And they found that the, the couples who stayed together the longest, um, they did this this test where they would have one tell just a random a random anecdote uh, to yeah, the yeah. other. And if I'm getting this wrong, Joseph, please uh, yeah. correct me. But it's a random anecdote to their spouse. And if their spouse, it was something like, look at that blue bird over there. Yeah. Look at that red, you know, whatever. And so, but if they, if the, if they told their spouse and the spouse showed interest and said, oh, really? And had follow-up questions and took interest in what their spouse had interest in, Mm -hmm. that little test showed that a long-term marriage was like so much more likely. But if the spouse didn't and was like, "Uh uh-huh, anyway. If they rolled their eyes particularly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That marriage was over. Yeah, wow. I mean, well, that's because we all care about certain things. And when someone takes the time, it, they don't even have to care about it. They just have to care about us and acknowledge yeah. what, what we love. Um, but they've said that, or I read another study that said that women, um, particularly, I'm a woman, um, <laughs> are going to go so far if they feel like somebody is paying attention to them and cares about yeah. them. Yes. And, and I will uh, say this as a guy, I'm willing to go so far if someone says I'm smart and handsome and cool, like you would not believe <laughs> how much I will put up with just if someone words of affirmation towards oh, me. Oh, 100% yeah. same. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly. And so I think that um, though there are serious problems to deal with, sometimes put the problems away for a while. If all you do is mm, in darkness, um, you know, it's going to, you're just going to be darker, but if so, you can say this will go away eventually, I, I hope it'll go away. But meanwhile, um, do you remember when we used to listen to this one music and dance in the room, whatever it is, um, you need to, all of us were made to have enough pleasure, enough, just humor, enough, just normal, good life, you know, eat that chocolate brownie with the fudge all over it. <laughs> so have fun on your run with your spouse. Have, exactly. Yeah. Have a mission that you're both on and a person who's capable of doing that. And while you're racing towards the thing, make sure you're prioritizing, enjoying the journey. That's yes, exactly. amazing. All right. Even amazing. on a regular basis. Yeah. Thank you Absolutely. so much. For, this uh, was this... fantastic. And I do feel like this probably needs like seven follow-ups, but yeah. hopefully there's some stuff in here that- I suppose that... we could fit you in to be on our yeah. podcast again at some <laughs> point. <laughs> but I hope this is uh, beneficial to at least a few people out there um, who are who are going through it in their marriages. And hopefully this can give some of our single listeners some maybe perspective about what they ought to be looking for and expect in their marriages. And um, and my mom has one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing in case what I never- anything again i i realize that clay is you know he's wonderful in so many different ways but i also realize he isn't god and he can't fulfill all my needs he's got Mm. a different personality so part of us being happy in our marriage is each of us found that when we created some things that made ourselves happy then we came to the table as a happier person in other words 
I said to Clay, I just want to go out for breakfast by myself, drink my own cup of coffee. And you know, he said, well, do that. If that's going to make you happy, I'll take the kids out to McDonald's for mm-hmm. breakfast. And so Service I, again, yeah. I began to realize that when I took care of my own needs, even if Clay didn't want to go out to breakfast at a French cafe with me, um, me going, inviting a friend made me happier. So uh, Clay isn't, no person was ever made to meet all of your needs. Yeah, we were that's it. Yeah. family, parents, community, friends, dogs, but we're living in an isolationist world that when we're lonely or falling apart and someone comes in the door, meet my needs. Oh, yeah, all of them. Just all of them. <laughs> and, and we were supposed to have a lot of people yeah, yeah. who were investing a little bit in the regular warp and woof of our lives. And that's another thing. Seek community, um, go to activities, be in a, you know, I'm making this up, a dancing club, a book club or whatever. Let some other people meet your personal desires and needs so that you'll be more filled up when you walk in the door at night and say hello to one another. That's, that's great. Awesome. Amazing. Cool. Right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for all of that. Now we get to go to our uh, big topic, our big uh, segment, which is blessings and curses, where we take a um, work of art, media resource that we uh, want to affirm as being helpful to this and say you should engage in and something that we think that uh, you should not engage in because it'd be very unhelpful on this topic. Um, so as always, we let our um, guest uh, go first. Uh, so um uh, Mrs. Clarkson, do you have any uh, blesses and or curses for us? You know, I as I think back, and I think Nathan will agree with this, there was a series. Um, oh, yeah. There's actually two, Lark Rise to Candleford mm. and um, Avonlea. They're, they're very yes. human, um, normal family sort of um, communities of people relating to one another in a very positive, sweet and kind way. And, and realistic. I, and realistic, yeah, they, they aren't perfect, but they forgive each other in the end and they help one another and they learn lessons and it, it's, they're beautiful. So I would say yeah. the Avonlea series, not Anne of Avonlea, but the Road to Avonlea. The spinoff, series, yeah. If you can find a way to watch those shows, they're encouraging. Absolutely. Um, the second one is Lark Rise, L-A-R-K-R-I-S-E, to Candleford about families and relationships and they're you know, mm. humorous and so on. Um, as far as a curse goes, I feel like um, people need to quit being self-centered and learn how to be a servant. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I look at I look at all of these. They didn't do this for me. They weren't perfect for me. My parents weren't perfect. My siblings weren't perfect. My and I think no, please grow up. Um, <laughs> You're cursing <laughs> selfishness across the board. I like it. I guess I don't. I don't think Jesus would have a problem with that. That's a good no. Curse. I think that's it's in line. I know. Well, the thing is, I I feel like. I had to finally realize that the world wasn't out to meet all of my needs Mm. and that um, I, the longer you spin around in unhappiness, the more unhappy you're going to be, what you water is going to grow. And so I realized I needed to grow up a little bit to, um, you know, maybe to give a little bit more. And when I did, I almost always um, was affirmed or had gotten Mm. more than I could have imagined. But it's learning to say, okay, none of us are perfect. Um, and I will not be perfect for you. Um, mm. I'm going to decide that you are a human being worthy of, because I love God, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to grow up and then move in the direction. And that makes a better marriage, which will make a better story, which will make a person who will go 
so glad you forgave me. I felt so dumb for doing this silly thing or whatever. Mm, that's so, a good curse. <laughs> curse on selfishness. Everyone knows <laughs> <Yes>. selfishness. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So um, blesses and curses. I, I'm really excited about my curse. Uh, my blesses I had to kind of think about because again, a lot of the movies and things that like are good have already done, you know, a few times before. Obviously, you know, I think Jane Austen does a really good job of portraying people who are looking for the wrong things in in their partner. That's true. Who, who then their entire story is about realizing, oh, those were my wrong priorities. I should, you know, I should switch those priorities. Um, That's so true. I mean, so one I haven't done as much, so I'll do this one. But basically, most of the Jane Austen stories are about that is Sense and Sensibility. You know, oh, yeah. uh, which you know is a cl- with the Ongly version with you know with. Uh, with Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson is the only great. version. The only exactly the only version. Um, but of course, particularly the more uh, most obvious example is you know Marianne and uh, um, Mr. Willoughby. You know where it's like she's looking for somebody who is going to be as romantic, present himself as as romantic ideal as she writes about, likes to write poems about the guy yeah. guy that's in her dreams that she would have written for herself, and then finds oh, but he doesn't have the capacity to have a lasting relationship. He even maybe loves her. They actually make a point that he may even love her, but it's his character that he's not capable of being in uh, of having the character traits that are possible for a romantic relationship. Um, kind of what we're talking about today, that long lasting perspective exactly. of partnership. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she ends up, of course, the person she ends up being is somebody not only who is who is wanting to be of service, wanting to help, wanting to take care. And also he's embedded in a community of people who respect him and are able to then come alongside her as well. So that's, I think, um, obviously a good take on that. Just very quickly, and I've done this before, but like, if you want to see a picture of 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 a married relationship that is um toxic because there's no mission but then is restored when they do find a mission the incredibles of course yes oh my (laughs) gosh such a good movie yeah Uh, especially on this topic it's a really good movie but it is it's about people who come into each other because they love each other and are attracted to each other and they do have a mission they don't realize that's part of what makes it work but they're both superheroes but then when they stop being able to have that together they start the relationship starts not working and then of course they start doing a whole awful things, particularly Mr. Incredible, in order to feel that again. When, of course, mm. what needed they is they needed to communicate and be able to have that um, it be restored. So that's, I think, a really great mutual mission. About. Mutual mission, yeah. Um, then I'll say cursing. I'm going to curse the notebook. Um, and I know <laughs> oh, it's easy to make some enemies. I know, I know. But I'll say this: the, all the stuff with the when they're old is great. You know, um, okay. when it's like, okay, you know, they've got, you know, his wife it, it doesn't remember him, but he's still loyal to her. That's great. The problem is when they portray them as they're young, they don't portray the kind of relationship that can lead to that. Because what they show that they, they show them being, you know, manipulative to each other and loving each other based on impulse and fulfilling their needs. They don't show them as, the, as having the virtues. So it tells people that this is the kind of relationship that it looks like to end up like this. And I think that that's, and that's not true. And I think that that does a lot of damage uh, to people when you, when you believe that. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Um, Man, I'm, I I have a couple blesses. I feel like I've probably blessed these before, but weirdly enough, my first one is going to be like a a head scratcher. Why are you blessing this one for that topic? Um, I'm going to bless marriage story. Uh, for oh. a very particular reason, nice because I think great movie by a, the way. A, a fan, I mean, aside from the acting, oh my gosh, it was <laughs> some of the most 
impactful acting scenes in a long time. I've Absolutely, seen. yeah. Um, both Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver just knock it out of the park as an as uh, acting performances. But even more than that, I think what it really portrays really well is a blueprint for if you want your marriage not to last, this is what mm. to do. They let the the little things become big. They yeah. become petty. They yeah. become angry. They think about what the marriage can do for them, and they start um, yeah. uh, resenting the other person for not fulfilling their needs. All the stuff we talked about, they were doing yeah. the opposite. Yeah. And lo and behold, it shows reality. It's a really good picture. Go watch it if you want to see what will happen if you don't heed my mom, Sally Clarkson's advice. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic. It's a perfect negative, negative example. Yes, you're exactly. absolutely right. So, and just a really uh, well-performed movie too. Um, I'm also going to bless, funnily enough, this just this time of year, this is a w weird little movie. Um, it's not, not a little movie. It's a major studio picture that, but no <laughs> one remembers it, but I really enjoyed it. And I think there's some real beauty behind it. It's called The Vow. And it's based uh, yes. on a true story. Yeah. And it's based on great, a, great idea. That's a good. That's oh a good yeah, topic. and it's it, when the the true story is a uh, a couple falls in love, uh, gets married, and there's a terrible uh, car wreck, and the wife loses all of her memory of the past five years, so she forgets her husband, and so basically he has to engage with her her not knowing anything about him. She's starting completely over and it shows the struggle. It asks is, you know, is sacrificial love really beneficial? Does it matter? And I'm not going to give away the ending. Um, it's very mixed on the reviews, but look at the true story. They are together. Um, they are still together after all these years. And they wrote this book and it's really beautiful. And that's what the movie is based off of. But there's some really beautiful moments where you see Channing Tatum's character who plays the husband uh, with Rachel McAdams. And he's, struggling to say, is this worth it? I, I could leave right now <clears throat> totally justified. And it, it would be totally justified, but there's something in him that says, no, this commitment matters yeah. and sacrificial, unconditional love matters. And you watch him live that out. And, and weirdly enough, like, uh, you know, Chatting Tatum is, uh, you know, Magic Mike and, and yeah. action movies and stuff. This is really one of the only, um, uh, at least movies I've seen of him where he's in dramatic role and he, nails it it's it's beautiful performance so please check out the vow um so that's another bless as far as a curse i actually like this movie so no one come <laughs> at me it's a really it is a fun entertaining movie and it's another ryan gosling movie we're, we're cursing two ryan gosling movies <laughs> yeah. ryan gosling uh, he's got guy. blade runner 2049 so that's, that's true so he, yes. he is my guy so i feel a little bad <laughs> yeah. and the funny thing is i was an extra in this movie years oh, ago so if you spot me while you watch it you get 10 overthinkers bucks um but yeah. for <laughs> but the non-existent overthinker story <laughs> exactly uh th this movie calls crazy stupid love and uh, yeah. um steve carell and you were in that i was i was an extra oh, yeah if you, if you spot me again you know maybe 15 overthinkers bucks <laughs> but um so it is entertaining it's very well acted it's really um it's a well crafted movie yeah. people enjoy it um, I think to me it gives, well, there's a few different reasons uh, that I, I put on the curse list this time. I think it gives a um, really, I don't know, sad uh, picture of marriage. And it kind of hmm. says that's what marriage is now. Ah. That, that, that this is the, the real marriage and it's disappointing and people will cheat and hurt each other. And that's just how it is. 
And I think that's a really detrimental perspective to have on marriage. Yes, we talked about how hard it is today. Yes, we talked about that it's a long-term thing. Yes, it's not just about being uh, rich or handsome or pretty or whatever. Um, but at the same time, marriage is good and it's beautiful and it's something worth fighting for, which is what, why I like the vow so much. And it's something that is valuable, not only to us individually, but to society as a whole. And so I, I definitely kind of um, bristle when I start seeing the only pictures of marriages in movies are just um, uh, very uh, wonder pessimistic about it. And uh, yeah, I can't quite put my finger on what well, it is so about it. But let me, yeah, let me I'm, see I'm if I can just hear your, your thoughts. I, on this. Well, see, I have a bunch of thoughts on on crazy, stupid love that are irrespective of this. We can talk about it another time. But I'll say to your point, one thing we talk about a lot on this podcast in our blessings and curses, I've noticed is that there is there are two ways that these kind of stories about marriage and family and these issues can go wrong. One is they idealize it, which is what we talked about a lot in this podcast. Yes. And they say they create and say that if it doesn't meet this ideal, then your relationship is toxic. You know, so, and yeah. then the other is that they portray toxic relationships as just normal. And uh, it's like, yeah. he says like, no, if you're in a marriage like this, you're in a toxic marriage, not just a normal marriage. If this is your family, it's a toxic family, not a normal family. And it can be fixed, but they can't <laughs> yes, say exactly. this is just how it is. Exactly. Because yeah, no, it doesn't mean like if you're in this kind of, if this kind of marriage relationship, you should get divorced. Not saying that, but it's like, you need to work towards a healthier relationship where they kind of say, there's nothing you can do to make a healthier relationship than this. There and is, healthy relationships don't exist. Don't exist. And, so, and that's, that is also an incredibly toxic message to get out there. Exactly. So yes, I, as Joseph comes to the rescue, as always, you put your <laughs> finger on what it was that rubs me wrong about at least that part of the movie, even though it's really fun and entertaining. And oh I yeah, I, I, I laughed uh, harder during the reveal scene than I think I have in any other movie oh, I've wow. ever watched. It's, 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 I was, so that's, so it's like, it's really entertaining, but like there are a lot of, a lot of bad messages in there, including the, the underage, uh, give it. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot the of end. toxic stuff. stuff in so, there. Yes. Yeah. Just read a Buzzfeed article and let you know what to, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, what to yes. why to look yeah. down on the movie, but, but uh, cool. Overall, our, fun. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, that's sounds really good. Well, I'm really uh, Sally Clark said, "If you're listening to this, thank you so my, much." My mom had to, to run. run off. She is in uh, England right now, and uh, she was so. The time difference is crazy. She had to run and either go to bed or go to dinner. I don't know which one. One of those, um, probably an English pub somewhere. <laughs> yes. uh, but <laughs> but she would. But we always love having her. And if you do want to connect more with my mom and Sally Clarkson, if you don't know who she is. First, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> to uh, listen to her podcast, At Home with Sally. Um, I mean, it, people love it from around the world. And if you want more wisdom on marriage, motherhood, family, home, um, she's she's the one. So check it out, uh, At Home with Sally. You can also go to sallyclarkson.com, find out all of her stuff there. Um, as far as me, Nathan Clarkson, her son, who is almost as cool, you can go to NathanClarkson.me or you can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. And also check out our book that we wrote together um, called Different. Um, I think you'll really like it. It's written from each of our perspectives. And um, yeah, yeah, people people seem to connect a lot with the story. And, and that really means a lot to us. So yeah, check out the, the book Different that we, we wrote together. Um, Joseph, how can people get in touch with you? You can find me on any of the socials. Also... My website, josephholmstudios.com. Also, of course, you can reach out to us at the overthinkersjournal.com and the Facebook page. Also, um, you can check out my work writing about movies and faith for religionunplugged.com. And thank you so much for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.